0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard on a huge night of Premiership action. Celtic do go into tonight's trip to Hibs top of the league, but only Justin with fans looking for a big response to Saturday's disappointment. Rangers are now breathing down the next level on points after beating Aberdeen and Neil Warnock's first game in charge. Motherwell smash five past Ross County and everyone else is in action Tonight, I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me, you'd think we planned these things in advance, former Celtic player Simon Donnelly and former Hibs midfielder and current Queen of the South manager Marvin Bartley. Bit of kicking under the table tonight. Big night. Uh, Big midweek. I'm looking forward to this. Much like the Masters, eh? (laughs) (laughs) The Dodgerman is back. (laughs) Now, like you said, Gordon, a massive, massive midweek. Um, Obviously, a full card over the two days. Rangers took care of business yesterday, as did Motherwell. We have to mention them. What a result that was for Stuart Kettlewell, a man who's been probably under a bit of pressure over the last few weeks, but a brilliant result for them. And then we go to Easter Road today with Hibs playing Celtic where hopefully Hibs can win Simon although you won't want that to happen No not at all but (laughs) in recent times uh, it was brought to my attention about Brendan Rodgers' record Easter Road which is very surprising he'll be looking to improve that tonight I think he needs to improve that tonight because uh, Rangers have got the momentum again after another good win last night and it's now over to Celtic at Easter Road so yeah Celtic I think have to go and win and over to you, more importantly, 01419511025. I'm not going to tell you what to do, right? But there is no excuse for not getting in touch tonight because everybody is involved this midweek. Rangers fans, how do you look back on last night? It certainly looked and sounded like a big night at Ibrooks. Did it feel that way? You are level on points. You couldn't get the three-goal win that we were debating last night to go top on the night. But how do you look back on last night? How significant do you think it was? Uh, how do you feel now about the title race? Then, of course, there were some uh, in-game moments that you might want to discuss, whether it was the, the good stuff, the goals scored, uh, maybe the not-so-good stuff, the goal conceded. There was some co- controversy in there as well. There was Dujon Sterling's red card. Referee goes to the monitor, sticks with his original decision. Mm-hmm. We don't see it too often. Uh, I noticed some television debate about alleged handballs uh, towards the end of the game as well. So all of that stuff, Rangers and Aberdeen, itself probably would give us a full show's worth of talking points so one four one nine five one one oh two five but that is only part of the picture this midweek Celtic fans how do you feel about tonight now where is the momentum are you starting to worry about the title race or do you expect Celtic to very much bounce back to winning ways tonight maybe you're on your way through to Easter Road maybe you're going to watch it get in touch with all your pre-match thoughts you know what we like to do this time of the night Let's talk about the team Who should play Would you make any changes What needs to happen If the form at the weekend Wasn't good And you're looking for an improvement Do you do something different To that team Let us know On 0141 Motherwell fans Come on <laughs> We've waited for this moment All 5-0 victory uh, It's been a long long time uh, Since a performance And result like that How do you look back on it Is Blair Spittle the best player in Europe at the moment Or is he just in the top five Uh, And of course Dundee St Johnston Aberdeen uh, Sorry that's looking ahead to next midweek isn't it I've got the fixture list in front of me St Johnston Hart St Mirren Dundee Kelly Livingston uh, Making up the fixture card tonight So 0141 951 1025 It should be a cracker Marvin Bartley Yeah I I really think it will be Um, 
as you said, most eyes are going to be on, on Easter Road for Hibs v Celtic. I know Simon's spoken there about Brendan's record, the fact that he hasn't won there. Um, you know, but be, yeah, it is incredible. But being a Hibs man, Simon, if it's ever going to happen, I think it's going to be tonight. tonight. Yeah, the way yeah. Hibs have been going. <clears throat> you know, I understand, you know, that the free-flowing football that Nick Montgomery wants to play, but I think they're tailor-made when it comes to, you know, the better teams in the league. And, and I fear, fear for them tonight. Hopefully I'm wrong. Right, let's set the scene at Easter Road. This is going to be busy. We've got games last night to get through. We've got previews for tonight and anything else that this madhouse can throw up. So get your calls in, Celtic fans. What are you thinking about the game tonight? How do you feel about the overall picture, the title race, the balance of power at the top? And game-specific who should play? Are you tweaking that team? Are you doing something a bit different? 01419511025. Rangers and Aberdeen last night bound to throw up some talking points. But let's go to Easter Road and set the scene with Andrew McLean. Yeah, keep calm. There's been a message from Brendan Rodgers. The title talk, of course, heating up the last couple of weeks and with Rangers pulling level on points at the top of the table last night. Celtic, of course, still shading it on goal difference at the moment, but they'll need to put in a display tonight to try and put to bed some of that negativity surrounding the weekend result away to Aberdeen. Easter Road as well, as you guys were alluding to, far from Brendan Rodgers' favourite venue. No wins in four here across his two spells, but maybe they're visiting at a good time when you look at First of all, the run Hibs are on, no wins in their last six in the league, but especially with that first half performance against St Mirren at the weekend, which, well, let's be honest, was nothing short of atrocious, really. So a few supporters here are getting a bit restless, I think, with Nick Montgomery. They need a reaction tonight as well. A boost for them, though. They welcome back Lewis Miller and Martin Boyle from Asian Cup duty. Dyson Maida also back from the Asian Cup for Celtic. And the big question with Celtic's team selection is probably how the defence lines up. Do Navrotsky and Burnaby keep their places after they were both substituted off at the weekend? Or is Brendan Rodgers going to mix it up? He was speaking very highly of Adam Ida yesterday when he was doing his pre-match media duties. So does he come into the starting lineup as well? And what about Nicholas Kuhn after his goal at the weekend I'll bring you the full team news from Easter Road when I get it well you heard the man he's asking the questions but you need to provide the answers or the predictions at this point in time because the team news will be here uh, just before 7 o'clock probably so Celtic fans Dyson Maida does he come straight back in Adam Ida does he get a start what does the defence look like and how are you feeling generally does Brendan Rodgers have some big decisions to make Simon Dolly I think he might do yes uh, to, to answer the question about the back four, I'm not sure. I think Navrotsky got taken off. He was sitting on a yellow card. Mm. And I think that maybe influenced Brendan's decision at the time. The left back, the, the, there's not much option. You know, skills could go there, but, you know, he's been playing in the centre back. But I think there might be a wee bit of a freshen up tonight. I, I quite liked, I know, Ida was only on the pitch for a short spell of time, but he had a couple of nice touches. Brendan said he's, he's performing really well in training. And Ironically, I think Kyogo get more touches of the ball when Ida came on uh, round about that final third. So maybe it'd be interesting to start with those two tonight, but yeah, time will tell. Is this two sets of fans, Marvin, heading along tonight, frustrated and annoyed um, for different reasons? Obviously, I mean Celtic are still top, but, <laughs> yeah, but, but, but for lots of them, that's obviously not the point. You look at the way the gap was and the way things have changed, uh, and Hibs fans clearly can't be anything above. Distraught at what happened at the weekend So it could be a lively old place tonight Easter Road Yeah I think it will be Like you said there I think both sets of supporters will be frustrated um, But on the scale I think Celtic will be one Where Hibs fans will be close to nine 
Um, like you said, they're still top of the league, regardless of what's happening around them. Um, you hear Celtic, you know, the players and the managers say a lot of outside noise and they'll just deal with what they need to deal with on the pitch. Um, you know, if I was going to this game, <laughs> I'd rather be Celtic or Hibs, I would say Celtic, even though it's at Easter Road. Um, but yeah, listen, there's, there's going to be a lot of pressure on those Hibs players. It's not not just about, listen, trying to beat Celtic because, you know, if you perform at your best and they do the same, they beat you. But it's about a performance, you know. You know, as we said there, the 3-0 defeat to St Mirren in the first half was terrible. Um, and they'll need a reaction from that and the fans will expect one. So hopefully they do get it. Celtic fans, all your thoughts ahead of tonight's game. Please, if you can, on the phone, Scott is going to kick things off. Looking back on last night though, Scott, how are you? Good evening. How are we doing, Gordon? All right? Yeah, not bad at all, Scott. How did you reflect on that win against Aberdeen? Did it feel like a big night? What a, what a cracking game of football to watch, Gordon, last night. Uh, where Rangers have been the last two or three years and where they've turned up last night, the crowd, the place, the atmosphere. Aye, the title lead is back on. I mean, I think it was on already, clearly, but what's, what's more than on? I mean, really on, very much <laughs> on. Rangers, I, I mean, are they... Can you even make a case as favourites yet, or are we not? Are we not there? I mean, there's one goal in it, so it's clearly yeah. a, it's going to be about personal preference at this point, surely. No, exactly that. Um, listen, that they really are head and head. Um, you know, it was a fantastic result for Rangers yesterday because it was seen, especially when you look at their, their games coming up as, as a potential potential banana skin, um, and they dealt with that. You know, especially with Aberdeen having a new manager in as well, it was kind of set up or tailor made for you know Rangers to to lose that game or for it to be a draw. So you know, as Scott said there, it was it was a brilliant um, result. You know, the performance always always can be better, but in terms of result, that was the main thing, and, and they got that and they dug in and showed a different side to themselves. So listen, they'll be thinking now or they'll be believing definitely that they can win this mm-hmm. league, and it's only good for the Scottish game. There's <laughs> clearly obvious reasons for it Simon it was the ch- well it was the chance to go top if it was yeah. a if it was a three goal <clears throat> margin yeah. um, if it was going to fall short of that but still within a victory it was the chance to go level on points yes being against Aberdeen always helps there's that needle there and yeah. Neil Warnock but <clears throat> it, it just felt big didn't it and you know from a Rangers perspective clearly all the fans turned yeah. up expecting it Philippe Clement you could just sense it all yeah and Scott's alluded to it himself there about the atmosphere being terrific Uh Listen, Rangers have got themselves right back in the title. Scott says it himself there. Their confidence is high. You look towards the game last night, I thought Rangers had the better of the first half, but Aberdeen, with the quality of the striker that they have, you know, go in 1-1 at half-time. That immediately changes your team talk at half-time. You know, Aberdeen's dressing room would have been upbeat. But Rangers came out and found the answers in the second half. And I think that's 18, you know, uh, wins that he's got since he came into the... The club, Clement, and he, he, he actually spoke about that today, about how they reacted. You know, going one each, maybe a, a team, a Rangers team earlier in the season might not have found a way to come back, but they, they are finding the way. And the pressure's back on Celtic tonight. How do you feel about it, Scott? I mean, is that, are Rangers now favourites for you? Is it just about it being back on? How do you, how do you feel the, the significance of last night? They've got a bit of fight and their spirits back. Uh, the momentum will take them through the next two or three hard games. Could you see Tom Lawrence come back last night as well? Thought he played really well. Is that something that tends to be a good sign, Marvin? There were six changes going into the weekend. Um, not quite as many last night, but you know Fabio Silva, who got his first goal at the weekend, doesn't start, and mm-hmm. Dessers does. I'm not saying it was a vintage night for, for Cyril Dessers, but the point stands... Tom Lawrence comes in, doesn't make many starts, but did. Um, 
and you know, and it's another win. It's it's a week well since we came out of the break where Rangers have had to go to some uh, so-called tough away venues, yep. uh, and then again, I know Aberdeen are toiling, but in theory, you know, the blockbuster feeling around the game, and it clearly was a it was a close game in terms of scoreline, um, but just seems to be getting a tune out of whoever it is. Yeah, he is, um, and there's a real belief from the manager and the players, and you know, the players are really responding to that. You know, we saw at the start Todd Cantwell was taken off a fair few times. Um, you know, early on in games because, you know, Clement said he needs to play the way that I want him to play. And now he's got that, you know, not only in the starting eleven and players that he brings in, you, you spoke about the, the amount of changes that he's made over the last few weeks. And that's because he believes in those players and he knows that they're going to go out there and they're going to follow his instructions to the ninth degree. And when they do do that, you know, Rangers are a force to be reckoned with. But he's probably reminded them when you don't do that, remember what the reason I came into this football club because you weren't performing. So there's a thin line between it, you know, confidence and complacency. And right now they're falling on the right side of it. And, and as you said, no matter who comes into that team, they'd they be performing at the moment. Is that, I mean, Simon, from, from you for the Celtic side of things, and we'll get on to Celtic's frustrations, is it a bit of a perfect storm at the moment? Because I've been watching with interest, as I always do, all the fans arguing amongst themselves <laughs> yeah. on my on my social media feed, saying like, ah, you know, Rangers are nothing special. It's, it's us, we're the ones that are chucking this. But obviously that only damages you if the other team keep winning when, when you're yeah. slipping up. and. Yeah. Aside from the head-to-head, which credit to Celtic, they won. Rangers are really keeping their side of the, the bargain, aren't they? They are, they are. And, and I think that's where the, the frustration lies with Celtic. I think that the gap at one point, was it nine, seven, certainly? Uh, and then, you know, we, we touched on it last week with the the fans. I think they wanted a bit more movement in the transfer window and that didn't happen. Uh, you look at their, their, their games, I think they've won five out of the last six and they drew it to Todry. Which, as you quite rightly said, Aberdeen are not Aberdeen in the wrong position for me in the table, uh, and they can they can. I know the record of Celtic's at Petardry in recent times is is decent, but Aberdeen can take points off here as they showed at the weekend. So then that just puts that little bit more pressure, and Rangers are winning, you know, regularly. So it's now all of a sudden you said their one goal difference, uh, it's only going to heat up. I think there's, what, 14 games left. It's only going to get more intense. And it's probably going to be the team who can handle that the best. And for me at the moment, Scott will probably disagree with me. I still think Celtic have the strongest squad, but they need to find a bit of form. I thought they had after, uh, from Boxing Day through to the the, the, win, uh, the winter break, where I think Celtic wouldn't you know, have welcomed that winter break. I think the four games that they won there, tricky places, they beat Rangers within that time as well. I thought they were finding a wee bit of rhythm. But since the break, they won the Scottish Cup game, they got over the line against Ross County, frustrating performance, and then they dropped points there. So mm. they need to find a spark. Thank you very much to Scott on the line. What about Stuart and Paisley? Did that feel like a, a big night for you, Stuart? Yeah, I think it did. Yeah, yeah. How, I mean, how big are we talking? Just one that just fills you with that little bit more optimism or one that really makes you think this is Rangers' title to win? Or I don't know if you'd go that far. I'd say the first point, yeah, so it fills me with a lot of optimism. So really delighted with how it's going just kind of generally at the minute mm-hmm. uh, and really delighted with how it went last night. But just kind of taking it, just like the team, I guess, just kind of taking it one game at a time, you know, and just letting the optimism build. Yeah, look, there was bound to be talking points when these sides meet, never mind when there's a potential to go top and then you throw a certain Neil Warnock <laughs> into the mix. What was uh, yeah. what, what what jumped out for you last night that you wanted to discuss? So it's just it's a point I wanted to raise. I don't feel really getting spoken about, 
So Dujon Sterling's red card I do feel is a little bit on the harsh side I can kind of get where I can get where Don Robertson's coming from What I've got a real problem with Is uh, about two minutes Three minutes before that So Duke's, Duke's booked uh, quite early on yeah, In his time in the pitch For leaving with his elbow Fine, the yellow card Maybe 30 seconds after that He's backtracking And he hauls down uh, Sterling And I think he actually reaches out And hooks his, his leg with his hand So he literally He hauls him down And for, like for anyone That's a booking That's a stick on booking And he should have been off the pitch Yeah, like there was a lot of talking points There was bound to be So let's work our way through them uh, Fair enough to Stuart Who he's, mm-hmm. he's not agreeing with the the red card as such, but he's not, he's not that bothered. They can kind of make I'm, his I'm, peace with here, it. Yeah, come on, here come on, the dodge. He made a career out of kicking everybody. Yeah, and that's that's probably why I retired because VAR was coming. <laughs> For me, in the modern, it's, it's a red card. Is it? I, yeah, okay. I, I think I think the pace that he goes in at, I think how late he is in the tackle. Listen, I've seen worse tackles, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I think when you put all of those things together, um, you know, and it was refreshing to see the referee go to the screen and, like and stick to his decision. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so for me, you know, listen, when I played, I made many tackles like that and I would have been arguing if I got booked. But, you know, the game's changed slightly and, and it is a red card in the modern game. Interesting though, because usually when the ref gets called to the monitor, Stuart, he overturns his decision and we all say oh, it'd be great if they stuck with their original decision but we then bin that opinion when it's one that goes against our team uh, yeah. we all, we're all sort of guilty of that um, what, what did you yeah. make what did you make of the fact that he went over and, and stuck with it I think it takes a lot of guts to do that uh, but I, like I, I get there's, there's like a kind of individual's interpretation of that like I've always, I'm obviously wearing blue tinted specs when I'm looking at that yeah. so I, I see it and I feel it's harsh but I can make peace with that but my bigger point is the second point that Duke shouldn't mm-hmm. even be on the pitch by that point. Duke should be, he should be gone, mm-hmm. he should be off. Sure. Um, I was just watching it back to make sure I had remembered it properly. The ref yeah, allows, he allows, he allows play to go on, doesn't he? Yeah, and I think um, that overrides it, doesn't it? That's the thing now, Stuart. I, I'd need to double check. You, know, so you can't go back. No, it, go back. it's... Unless it's like cynical. Yeah, because if the booking, and I think I'm right in saying this, you, you, you can hopefully help mm-hmm. me out. If the referee blows the whistle there, yeah, that booking would be for stopping a promising attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think right. Something around it, yeah. But he didn't stop a promising attack because play was allowed yeah. to go on. Now I, I, I know I'm not sure if that is quite recent because I'm a bit like you, and you're sometimes used to seeing it when it gets brought back and then the yellow card comes out. But I don't know if that's more for you know if it's for the severity of, of the tackle. Yeah, I think if the booking would be for stopping a promising attack. You can't, you can't book someone because they didn't stop it. They didn't yeah. stop it, yeah. Does that make sense? And it's, it's almost like yeah. if the referee would have blown the whistle as well, Stuart, and then the Rangers player had put his hand on the ball and kicked it before the referee managed to get the yellow card, then they, he wouldn't have brought it back to get booked as well. There's something around the rules. It's, it's strange, but listen, I do think, I think Gordon's right in that. I'm not sure on the wording, but I don't often stick up for referees, but on this one, I'm pretty mm. sure that that is, but, that is but, the but case. But then at the same time, it doesn't, I'm, I'm, it makes no odds to me. I'm trying yeah. to find the, the explanation or, or mm-hmm. trying to, to think about the way that might have played out because if the referee blows the whistle there and gives the free kick then Duke well, is yeah. off isn't he? Yeah uh, listen I've only seen it once does he actually go to hook him? I thought he just fell into No no I've, He I've actually been, tries to trip I, him up I'd say Stuart's um, assessment's right. fairly accurate he, kinda, he loses his footing and then he tries yeah, to hold him down. Yeah, it would be a second yellow. Yeah, it would be a second yellow. If he'd have stopped it, it would have been a second yellow. If the ball would have fallen to an Aberdeen player, which would have forced uh, the referee to stop it, then yeah, he would have been sent off. But yeah, so he's lucky then. We, he is lucky, though. Agree maybe yeah, there. He um, is lucky, definitely. 
send them off. It's not even kind of focused on after. I just want to make sure that you know it got spoke about because yeah. everybody then focuses on Connor Goldson and, and this and that and the other thing. Nobody even kind of you know mm-hmm. that doesn't really get raised anywhere. Yeah, I think that's fair. And then look, it's, I think because we know that there's no recourse really because VAR can't give out the second yellow. So I yeah. think that's why it becomes not quite as, as spoken yeah, about. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's right, but I think that's just the reason for it. Um, you're right, sure. A lot is always made. Did you, and you've acknowledged obviously your team allegiance. Did you, did you have any fear about the handballs, or didn't did it not tick the boxes for you? In the moment, obviously, it happens really quickly. And kind of play continues. Yeah, but it's a little bit nervy for that couple of minutes after you. You hear all it's going near his hand, etc. We'll have a look at it, VAR check, etc. Uh, that's pretty nerve shredding but after once I'd saw it back it, you know, there was nothing in it for me mm-hmm. you too I mean the we, the second one is a bit different because <laughs> I think there's actually a push I think the whistle goes yeah. before and then look, whether you like it or not the the second one even if the whistle hadn't gone would go down as that old supporting arm thing mm-hmm. you remember a couple of weeks ago uh, was it the was it Kilmarnock um, well, yeah, but I was, I was thinking about the opposite way when the cross came in against Kilmarnock and John Souter dived and his hand was up and it hit his hand and it was a penalty. But everybody said, if that was his other hand, if it's the supporting yeah. hand that goes below you. So there's two things. I think there's a supporting hand and I think I'm right in saying the whistle had gone for a push. Just before, anyway, yeah. But so, uh, the second one? Yeah, but mm-hmm. the more debatable one then remains that, sure. that first one. Are you... <laughs> I, I, listen, I've, I've we've seen them given, but you can't. You've you've quite rightly said in this show before that we can't judge it on that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been surprised. I wouldn't have been surprised because I think there's been more ridiculous ones given in the time that Vals came in. But for me, I, th- I think the whole handball rule mm. is wrong. But watching it last night, I would not have been surprised. His hand needs to be up. Because the ball's coming into the box as a defender, yeah. otherwise you can get a striker backing into you, and also you need to protect yourself. If maybe he needs to jump or whatever else it might be, and when it does hit someone who's a yard, a yard and a half away from you, and hits your hand, it's ridiculous. It, it really, really is. But as Simon you said, that, that would have, I, I, I personally, I don't think it should have been a penalty. No, but as Simon said, we've seen I've stuff seen, like that yeah. being given. I think my memory from the referees' briefing in, at the start of the season was that that there would be a, an element of understanding put to when it's a high ball and, and whether this ticks that box or not I'll mm-hmm. leave that up to you but you know when a ball comes into the box if there are players sort of holding each other and jostling and it comes down I guess I, I don't know What maybe, I would say though Gordon if it that. did come straight from the cross and hit his hand in that position I'd have probably been more likely to say yes yeah. it is a penalty but when, once it's like it's, the ball Yeah once and it's also, hit someone so close to you Because the ones that you're really looking out for are like the ones that stop the ball Going towards the goal, basically, mm-hmm. and they can be really harsh, but they're yeah. the ones that can always get given. The, the other ones, maybe, maybe it's a bit more leniency yeah. attached. But anyway, thank you very much to Stuart. I'm sure lots of you will have um, different views. Give us a call right now, and we'll try and get you on next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hear it, watch it. Search the YouTube stream now. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Simon Donnelly and Marvin Bartley are here. What a night of Premiership action you have in store. And off the back of two very exciting games in different ways last night as well. So it's 0141-951-1025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. Let's hear a bit from Philippe Clement. He was pleased with the unity shown at Ibrox as Rangers held on to win that game 2-1 against Aberdeen last night. 
that we that we played a really good game today, a uh, really dominant game. But these are the kind of games um, that you have in a season when the circumstances are not on your side. So you get a knock there just before halftime and then it's important to, to stay calm and, and to continue what you've been doing and not to start to doubt. I think that's the massive step forward, that the team is ready to do that now, that the dressing room is ready to do that, and on the other side that the fans are ready to do that. It's a big difference with a few months ago, that the belief stays and everybody keeps on pushing to get a result. Maybe at the end it's good also to to show everybody how aligned everybody is in the club now, fans and, and players, because it was amazing to feel this energy out of the stands, this last 10 minutes. Ah, let's hear from Neil Warnock. I think we'll be saying that quite a lot between now and the end of the season. He even found time to talk about Rangers ball boys, tactics, ball boys and girls, I suppose, the tactics during the game last night. Very good, yeah. Better than upstairs having my meal. I did enjoy that, yeah. It was... Uh, like I say, my kind of game, that, my kind of atmosphere. When you get the ball boy, he's wasting time at the end, last 10 minutes, and you know, you know you're know you doing well, don't you, really? Uh, they must get t- coached very, very well. Are they coached with the first team? You know, they throw it back when, they w- when they're losing, and then when they're winning, they, they hide the ball under the jumpers. It's, uh, I didn't think you did that at this level, but uh, it was a new one for me, that. Yeah, you need to dig in. At least we dig in on day, day one of the level. job. I'd, uh, ask Eden Hazard. <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. it's um, not the first or last thing it's going to be uh, that's here to stay that side of Neil Warnock's personality I think even by all accounts last night he he sort of walked into the press room I think kind of during Philippe Clement's press conference <laughs> to sort of signal and, and Philippe Clement sort of said oh well I guess I'll finish here yes, me done. and um, he said well he's not got a four hour bus journey back up the road <laughs> to that effect so um, yeah look I mean I guess it would be would he have seen enough from his team to find levels of optimism? Should he have rather won the game? But yeah, the, the last two games, you know, he'd have watched back, you know, the the Celtic game. I know he wasn't in charge for that one, and then, like you said last night, and he'd be saying to to the players what Simon said earlier: you're in a false position, you know, but you need to perform at that week in week out, um, you know, between now and the end of the season, because they're speaking about you know mm. getting into top six first and foremost. Uh, let's go to Martin, who's in Stewarton. How are you, Martin? Hey, 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 Gordon, how you doing? Good, all good in here. What are you thinking then after last night? Uh, well, I was just saying to uh, Chris, the producer there, when I came on, uh, I was looking at some stats uh, from when Michael Beal, uh, after the Aberdeen game at the Ibrox Day 1, uh, I was in holiday time, I was watching, I was absolutely gutted the way we were played, and I thought, at that point, that he's come in, and Clement, like, it's, it's absolutely changed this team. You've got players who, at that point, weren't, really playing really that well. John Linson, for example, Tavernier, both players have stepped up a game and you can see, you know, he's taken he's taken us for eight points, seven or eight points behind the joint top. We have goal difference. We've won a cup and we're in the next round of the Europa League. I think I don't know what the guys think how how good Rangers' chances of winning this title now are. Well, one of them, let me tell you, predicted Rangers <laughs> to win the league in the summer before the season started. Uh, and it wasn't Simon Donnelly, <laughs> funnily enough. Um, I mean, I'm not sure you quite anticipate... We don't know if it'll happen yet, first mm-hmm. of all. I'm not sure you anticipated <laughs> this, the journey to get to this point, Marvin Bartley, but there we go. Credit where it's due. Yeah, no, no, I definitely didn't think that. Um, but I did think they would have had a really good chance. I think, you know, I just believed in what Michael Beale was going to do and I just thought that the, probably the bigger thing was the loss of Ange. 
um, you know, it'd be hard to kind of replace him, etc. So, yeah, listen, as we said, they're neck and neck now. I didn't imagine them to go on the journey that they have gone on, but you know, they are they are looking good for the title. One thing I will say, though, is Celtic have got a lot of winners in there, a lot of, you know, in boxing, you call it the championship rounds, a lot of players who've been through, the, you know, that and they've won the league. So, I would I would make them slight favourites, even though I did say, you know, at the start of the season, I thought Rangers would win it. Sounds like he's trying to please everybody, if you ask me, Martin. <laughs> but did it feel... Did it feel big last night then? You're right, there's that, there's that, that kind of, you know, book ended with the Aberdeen game at Ibrox that ends it for Michael Beale. And as football fate would have it, the chance to go top came in the, the home game against Aberdeen uh, in not too, you know, it wasn't wasn't too fa- too long ago, easy for me to say and eventually get my words out. But did it feel like a, a significant night? It felt really significant because I think uh, when, we got, when we lost the equaliser, I thought, team back then might our team back then might not have actually come on and won that game but we have so much drive and so much hunger for winning the game now it was it was really significant because you're looking at Celtic playing tonight you're thinking they didn't have a really good really good second half against Aberdeen at the weekend uh, they were quite average against Ross County because they scored in the first minute and then that was it uh, so I, I think it was really significant that we actually we dug in and we got the three points and uh, he's got he's got them he's as I say he's got players and a tuning to Ross McCausland because he for me is it's been a star obviously a young star for us this year as well when he's come in uh, under Flamie Clamont uh, and players like as I say John Linson Avenir they're starting to show that they actually are decent players under you know a decent manager uh, as well so I think it was really significant it's it's kind of all a manager who goes into a job can be judged on straight away. Mm-hmm. He's dabbled a bit. He's dabbled <clears throat> a bit now in recruitment, so yeah. time will tell. Oscar Cortez is he any good? Diamande, Fabio Silva, we've seen a bit more from. Yeah. The very first thing you can look at in any job at any level is know. this manager <clears throat> squeezing more out of this group than the previous manager was. Which he certainly is. He certainly is, and that's where the callers so far are, are finding that belief and confidence. As Martin says, there they've won the league cup. They're in the, the, the next round of the Euro, Europa League as well. So he's did everything that's been asked of him coming in. You, you, you question what was going on before. You know, he's obviously created an environment there where, uh, as Marv said, they made some big decisions early on. Uh, we can't be all taking him off. Uh, he's lost uh, the lad Seymour just now, who was I think Rangers' top goal mm-hmm. scorer. That hasn't really affected them. They, they keep winning. They keep winning. And it, it's now putting a lot of pressure on their, their rivals. You're a good man, Martin. Let's shift focus to the other side of this title race. Andy is a Celtic fan. You've got a big game tonight, Andy. How do you feel about everything at the moment? Well, I, I, I think there's, I think there's, there, there's obviously a, a feel-good factor around Ibrox. And having watched the Rangers game last night, I must say for probably the first time in history, I actually enjoyed some of the football Rangers played. They played well. Uh, However, I don't know if Martin Bartley actually watched the game because Goldson did the jump and his hand was extended away from his body. But that's not what I'm on about. What I'm on about is this, is that... uh, Rangers have played Celtic twice this year and before we go to the 30th of uh, December, uh, Rangers were flying then and then they came across a team uh, that, that beat them and never looked as if they were going to lose and neither did they, they, they look as if they were going to lose when they went to Ibrox 
and beat Rangers there. So that's the benchmark for Rangers. You can go and beat Aberdeen, you can go and beat Hibs, you can go and beat Motherwell or, or, or Livingston even. Uh, but the fact is, in order for Rangers to win the league, they're going to have to beat Celtic, and that's what they failed to do. And I think that's probably the first time uh, on the 30th of December you've seen a chink in Clement's ar- armour where because he didn't take the defeat very well, he couldn't even bring himself to say that, that Celtic were probably the better team in the, on the day. I think he fits in quite well with the narrative at Rangers because I think he's quite narrow-minded. Wow, it started off quite polite <laughs> and it's like studs up by the end um, from Andy on the line there. The... Um, yeah, look, that that will that that's obviously the next test. You want to get pedantic about it? They could technically win the league yeah. without without <laughs> yeah. beating Celtic. Yeah. They could um, because they've managed to close a seven point you can, gap you can without it, beating Celtic. But it clearly would help, and and thus far Rangers haven't done it. Yeah, you could look at it the other way as well. Celtic fans will be frustrated that they've beat Rangers twice, and it's still exactly mm-hmm. neck yeah. now. Uh, but I, I I agree with Andy. Listen, it's a big period now for both teams I still as I said earlier I still think Celtic are the better team uh, but they have to click they have to get into a wee bit of form I think they have to find a wee bit of rhythm I know they've been missing certain players that happens everywhere uh, the Hitati one for me in the Asian Cup's a bit of a blow because you know someone like him coming back in could re-energise the, the team a little bit uh, but the, the, yeah as Marv said there they've got players there that have been over the course before and that's who Brendan will be looking to to, to get them going again You fancy Celtic tonight Andy? I, I, I think to be honest that if, if Celtic go to Easter Road and don't beat that Hibs team I don't think I've ever seen a worse Hibs team in my life uh, then then there's an issue um, you know and, and you know Celtic remind me very much of a Rangers team towards the end of their nine in a row uh, that were probably taking things for granted and thought some of the players within a Celtic jersey think that they're uh, just turning up to win. Uh, you know, uh, Lewis Palmer frustrates the life of me if I'm being completely honest. I also think that Celtic will end up getting it right by default. I think it would have been a mistake to let Lager Bielka go because I would drop scales or put scales to left back and I would play Navrosky and Lager Bielka at centre half because that's the future for Celtic for me. Well, I'll tell you what, you'll be, you might be the last man to get the prediction in because I suspect team news from Easter Road will be coming next. A triple rollover and make me a winner. Last time out, we had someone who picked up. But they said hello Instead of those four life-changing words You would just answer every call for the rest of your life With make me a winner, wouldn't you? Just out of uh, security and safety We could make you the winner of £118,000 tomorrow When we make the next call But you need to be in the draw Text yes to 61025 Text or £2 plus your standard network rate You can enter online at Clyde1.com For £2 Or call 0330 8804523 Over 18s only Entries since Cornell 1 on Friday Have rolled over And all the rules for this network competition Are online If you get the call after 3pm tomorrow Answer within 5 rings Say make me a winner straight away And that's how you win the £118,000 Text yes to 61025 0141 is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Very, very interesting team news <coughs> starting to reach us from Easter Road. So, 
Celtic fans I wonder if you could listen carefully to this And then phone us straight away And let us know what you make of it Has Brendan Rodgers made the right or the wrong decisions tonight On 01419511025 Andrew McLean A fair few talking points for us Yeah there are indeed I do have that Celtic team Four changes Mike Navrotsky drops out As do the front three as well Palma, Abada and Kyogo All out Income Welsh Kuhn, Maeda and Ida as well. It also means that Alejandro Bernabe keeps his place. So Brendan Rodgers really shaking it up here at Easter Road. Joe Hart in goal. The back four, Alistair Johnson, Stephen Welsh, Liam Scales and Alejandro Bernabe. The midfield three, Callum McGregor, Matt O'Reilly and Paolo Bernardo, Nicholas Kuhn and Dyson Maida either side of Adam Ida. The substitutes, Bain, Palma, Kyogo, Abada, Holm, Navrotsky, Vata, Kelly and Ralston. I'll get the Hibs team to you shortly. Wow, I'm not saying wow because I disagree But because there are big calls in there Either way, you must have some thoughts on that Celtic fans Charles, let me throw you on the spot I know you had called in already um, But we just got that team news there Kyogo dropped to the bench Mike Navrotsky dropped out in favour of Stephen Welsh What do you make of that team? Oh, I, I, I a shock to me as well uh, Dropped Kyogo, I don't know if it smells of desperation Or he's just... Uh, He's, he just sees that he reminds, maybe he thinks he reminds not performing. Um, I don't know. I, on the game they had the other day there, uh, when they dropped points against Aberdeen, there was, it seemed to be a lot of desperation for me as well when they brought on uh, 18-year-old Vata, who's played about 10 minutes this season, and they brought him on to try and save the season. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure if uh, Brendan Rodgers is a tactical genius or it's desperation or maybe he's trying to send a message to the board like... Uh, this is what I've got today. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I don't know. It's a surprise to hear it. I need to think that one over there. <laughs> I did put you in the spot, aye, Simon. Aye. Yeah, it's surprising. Listen, Kyogo's been the number one striker at Celtic since he's virtually arrived. Uh, he probably ha- he probably hasn't hit the heights this season. I've, I've watched the last few games. As I said earlier on, I thought he'd get more touches of the ball when the, the big lad came on in the second half at the weekend, but he's not getting a lot of touches of the ball. So maybe Brendan's decided, you know, just to change it, maybe freshen it up, give him a little bit of rest, see it from a different angle. But it's a surprise, the front three. Maeda's back in. Maeda's been a, another big player for Celtic. He, he's super fit, so I don't think that will be in question. But yeah, shuffled it about again. I said at the start of the show he took Navrotsky off, you know, with the, the yellow card, but he, he doesn't feature tonight. So big changes, but it doesn't change the fact that it's, it's a big night for Celtic and they have to go and find a way to win. Feels like we're a little bit back to the... How much does he rate Mike Navrotsky? And you know, mm. was a it was a big money signing. Someone called earlier saying they think Lager Bielka will eventually sort of make his way back into the team. No sign of him anywhere again. But I think that's still second biggest talking point to, to Kyogo, isn't it? For some people, Marvin, they'll say, "Well, do you know what? He's not been performing fine." Adam Ida looked good when he came on. Play him. But for others, you go, "Well, it's it's Kyogo, and could you not have maybe <laughs> found a way of getting them both in?" Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, I speak about Kyogo all the time and, and Simon said it there, you know, he's not had his best of seasons, but if there is a cup final and I can pick the best of the players within the Premier League, I'm picking Kyogo just because on any given moment, you know, he is real, real quality. So I am surprised he's not playing. Um, Adamida, as, as Simon said, he came on and did it extremely well. But for me, Kyogo, that shocked me. It really, really has. But Brendan sees him every day. And whether yeah. he's carrying a knock, whether he's a little bit tired... You know, the pitch at Easter Road isn't the best, where they're going to be a little bit more direct with it. I- I'm unsure. 
Um, but you know he knows his players best, and you know he'd be thinking that the team that's the team that can win it, or Kyogo can come on and impact it if he needs to. I had to throw it on you, Charles, because it was so important. What else did you have in your mind? Well, so obviously uh, I've been watching the football during the week. I watched the game last night, and uh, I'm really <clears> wondering <throat> exactly what does Connor Goldson need to do to concede a penalty? Now, yeah, week there he's going in like uh, yeah, week there he was going in like uh, Bruce Lee with a kung fu kick. Last night he's going in like a Harlem Globetrotter. How many times has he handled the ball? Now, don't give me a... He knew what he was doing on the first incident. The ball was coming into him. The Aberdeen, the Aberdeen players facing the way that ball was dropping. That ball was dropping to the Aberdeen player's foot and he's elbowed it away from him. That's, that's, that's the point on the penalty. I mean, it was, to me, it was a straight penalty. I think, you're, I think Charles is, more, is allowed to think mm-hmm. that and I think a lot of people will think it's a penalty. I'm not sure we can go as far as to say he knew what he was doing. Like it was, was it some the sort of one he's to- the deliberate. The first one he's talking about. Like it was yeah. some sort of deliberate. I, by the way, it wouldn't matter as we've as we've covered. Yeah. But I'm just surprised to hear that as like the the reasoning for it. Do you think he, so? What he's like? He's tried to like hit the ball away there with his arm to stop it going to an Aberdeen player. Uh, he, he knew it was the, he knew exactly what he was doing. But what? my other my other main point really is uh, what struck me last night is. Um, it, well, it took about five minutes before they even played a replay. Well, let, let's think about that. But see, any time there's a decision that uh, may go against Rangers, Bunting will miss it even if they shoot at all. And they didn't choose to shoot at all last night. See if there's a decision that's going to go for Rangers. It's like watching a box set. You can sit down. They've got it for every angle until they can find some way for it to go to go for them. It's it's blatant. It's starting to get blatant. Mm. I mean, Rangers did get did get a man sent off last night, Charles, in in what was a very rare turn of events nah, where the I where the referee yeah. ignores the the mm-hmm. suggestion that he made a clear and obvious point. error. I, I thought a referee, I, like most people, I was good. I was glad to see a referee stand Stick up. With it, yeah. yeah, I was glad to see that. Also, look at where the referee was standing. Uh, so consider the, the dynamics there. The referee standing behind the Aberdeen player. And the Rangers players coming forward at that speed, but so he he can see initially the Rangers player studs were up. He can see him come through early studs, and it, although he may not have broke a guy's leg, if he was six inches further forward or a couple of uh, inches further forward, it might have caught him higher up the ankle instead of just the foot. He was come through at pace with studs up. It, it was uh, see if it, if it had been a yellow card, name they would have argued one of the ones. But the guy stuck to his guns, and uh, he, he saw it as a red card. Do you know what I think um, I liked about that? And this feeds into how good would it be, in theory, to maybe hear a bit more. See, when you saw Don Robertson go over, so you know what's going on in his ear. Yeah. Because by, by the <clears> fact <throat> that he's there, somebody's saying to him, well, I think you might want to have a second look at this. I'm not a lip-reading expert, but he said something about, um, it's a bad time for me to forget, um, high speed. I think yeah, you'd see him saying yeah, high yeah. speed. He says that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, I think that's high speed for mm-hmm. me or something. You can yeah. kind of see him saying it. And you know what? You don't have to agree with the decision, but that's the bit I kind of liked because, you know, yeah, you've got yeah. that. The fact that you, you don't have to always agree with what the you know the VAR is suggesting, and he's saying, well, yeah, and for a lot of people point out it's it's low, mm-hmm. you know, it's not up the shin, and he's sort of said, fine, but I just think it's too fast. I think there's too much force in it. You don't need to agree with it, but. I think yeah. that at least helps um, I just want to squeeze one more in Sorry because I didn't realise How close we were to the news uh, Mark Give us your reaction To that Celtic team Since it's breaking Yeah yeah I'm, I'm actually happy with it To be honest um, uh, They needed a slight change You know but Palmer's not really Kicked a ball The past couple of games And obviously When Kuhn came on The other day there And obviously When Ida came on as well He actually got an assist They could have put it on him And they 
they put it in the back of the net. And also, I think it's better we having um, uh, what's his name again back back defence Welsh. Stephen Welsh. Ah, uh, because he's a right sided player. Naroki can he? he, he Naroki Naroki doesn't really. He doesn't seem to have a right foot at all. So he's every, every time I've been kind of watching the past couple of games, he's been turning on his left foot again. So that balances up the defence a bit better. And also, a bench looks better, to be honest, as well, because we do have a bad to come on. We do have Kyogo to come on. And we'll get Maeda back. So, no, no, I think it's, it's, he's going for it. The changes had to be made, and I'm happy about it. We're still top of the league as well. So it's a chance to go on and kick on and hopefully get a victory tonight. Fair enough. Mixed bag then. The first Celtic fan was a bit surprised by the team. I think the guys in here are, but Mark, in a perfectly balanced way, has made a good case as well. Uh, having a look at some of the positives So it's that time of the night already Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk slash football Come on down, it's Beat the Pundit time Marvin Bartley's hopeless at this <laughs> And Simon Donnelly's a little bit better 0141 951 Lines close at 7 Tackle the headlines 0141 Simon Donnelly and Marvin Bartley are here on a massive night of Premiership action Not only that, it was a massive night last night uh, as well So there's plenty to get through We've given you some really interesting team news from Easter Road Brendan Rodgers has changed his entire front three Which means Kuhn is in from the start And so is Adam Ida and Kyogo's on the bench Mike Navrotsky's on the bench And Stephen Welsh starts at the heart of the defence there as well So if you want to get your reactions over Please do We'll give you Hibs team news There are other big games tonight Where are the rest of you uh, And I'm still holding out hope We get some Motherwell fans To talk about that 5-0 last night As well as more from Ibrooks. Let's play this first Beat the Pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football I actually thought about you today Marvin Bartley yeah. Uh, twice, weirdly, because I saw your big daft <laughs> Queen of the South car. That was the first time. Uh, and then, secondly, a quick mention to uh, the pupils at Corpus Christi Primary School, just down the road in Knightswood. I went to speak to them today about all things Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Promised it would give them a mention. Um, but I was on YouTube and I was showing them some videos from the show. Now we've got that capability. Nice. And I was searching furiously. To find the ones where you get zero <laughs> on Beat the Pundit. I thought they must be in there somewhere. You're by far the worst. I feel you. Um, the worst? Well, I don't I'm not the bottom. Up, but you're, you're near it. So I was trying to find it. The pressure was getting to me. They were firing questions at me. And I, just, I was sweating. too quick. And I just couldn't Oh, no, no, I feel when Beat the Pundit's coming up. <laughs> I, I was under pressure. <laughs> See some of the questions. You know they say like, the, the, you know, like the innocence of yeah. the kids. I think like P6, P7. P6. Some brilliant questions about the job and about football. But some of my personal favourites were Do you ever get called Gordon Ramsay? Uh, nope, <laughs> never once um, How long did it take you to drive here? <laughs> and the classic How much money yeah, did you I'm make? Yeah. Not enough, not enough if you're listening Mr Clyde won But anyway, uh, it was good fun So thanks again to the kids uh, down there uh, Let's play tonight's Beat the Pundit I must admit, I feel like there's an inside job here We've got producer John who's a Falkirk fan So if your name is John and you're a Falkirk fan You are bound to get put through tonight How's it going John? Brilliant there's usually a Falkirk question, actually, but I'm not sure. Not sure if there is one uh, tonight. How are how are things? Being a Falkirk fan at the moment, a successful league campaign, clearly. Very good for a change, eh? Some easy teams to play in that league, though, isn't there, John? 
Yeah, well, it took us five years, so it's not that easy. <laughs> <laughs> that was a wee dig at Marvin, but never mind. You are on a bad run, Marvin. Two defeats in a row. Apparently, on yeah. this. Oh, I thought you yeah. had my job. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no that as well. Actually. No, is that just one defeat? No, just one, mate. Um, but the king of the ugly win, Simon Donnelly, you've got a 70% win. Right, have you ever played before, John, on the line? No. Right, good. Right, let's toss the coin. Heads, it's the king of the ugly win. And tails, it is Marvin Bartley. And it is heads. You're off the hook. Come on, John. You were staring at three in a row tonight. Yeah. Use Google if you need to, John. (laughs) John, you can pretty much do what you like within reason. Let me give Simon some greatest hits radio to listen to, uh, just so that he can't hear what's going on. 30 seconds, John. My advice would be to answer as many as you can and pass if you don't know the answer, okay? Yep. Top man then, your time starts now. Which Motherwell player scored a double last night? Pass. Who succeeded Tommy Burns as Celtic manager? Win the answer. Which team is top of the Lowland League? Baroda. Who was the last Scottish team Curtis Main played for before Dundee? St Mirren. True or false, Sir Alex Ferguson's first managerial job was East Stirlingshire? True. Which Queen's Park player is currently joint top scorer in the Championship? Pass. How many times did Graham Murty take charge of Rangers' first team? How many spells? Three. Okay, let's bring back Simon Donnelly. Can you hear us? Yes, I can. Tough tonight, I'd have to say. I think so. Um, Some of them. Ready? (coughs) Yes, go for it. Your time starts now. Which Motherwell player scored a double last night? Spittle. Who succeeded Tommy Burns as Celtic manager? Ben Hansen. Who's top of the Lowland League? Pass. Who was the last Scottish team Curtis Main played for before Dundee? Aberdeen. True or false, Sir Alex Ferguson's first managerial job was East Stirlingshire. True. Which Queen's Park player is currently joint top scorer in the Championship? Pass. And how many spells did Graham Murty take charge of Rangers' first team? Two. Okay. Have you done enough, John? No, I don't think so. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, who scored a double for Motherwell last night And it was not just any double Now I know I w- you'd expect me to say this But genuinely, see if you've not seen them You struggle for a better double than this From Blair Spittle The first one's brilliant Collects a pass from her own Andy Halliday Who'd already <laughs> scored the less Curls it into the bottom corner From like the, the corner of the box And the second is outrageous Second one's great Nail on goal of the month Don't yeah. care if we're in the first week in February Anyway Enough about that for for now. Blair <coughs> Spittle means it's 1-0 Simon. Oh, Vim, I didn't get that. He didn't. Vim Jansen was the correct answer. I think about that. That was scary. Yeah, you both got, it. got it. 2-1. Oh. Yeah, both got it. 2-1 on, to Simon. I'm surprised none of you. Lowland League. East Kilbride. East Kilbride. Your local oh, team, yeah, Simon no, Donnelly. No, should have known that. Yeah. I know. And John, you dived in. You went Highland League or something, didn't you? <laughs> uh, so that was never good. However, nice. Curtis Main's last club... Before Dundee, St Mirren. Yeah. You said Aberdeen. John got it. Uh, Level. To each. Sir Alex Ferguson's first managerial job was East Stirlingshire. True. You both got it. Can I tell you a quick one on that? I'd love you to. My dad played in that team. Oh, you're bound to get it then. There you go. Your dad played you, under yeah. Sir yeah. Alex. He played under Sir Alex. Great. East Stirling. What was he like back then? Yeah. Eh, he just, doesn't say much. Starting out. Ah, he was he was just starting out. Brilliant. That's good. That's, that's, that's yeah, that's great. Um, funnily enough, right? I, I said, I think I said this the other night. We've Sixth got, each. we've got, <laughs> and it isn't genuinely accidental. It's, it's never set up. There's always like a coincidence where, like, we'll have a smaller team. No offence, fan phone in. You know, it'll be like Morton 
And then all of a sudden you look down because I don't check these in advance, even though I should. And there's a Morton question, and I think, what, like, what are the chances? Yeah. Do you know tonight, for the first time in my seven years on this show, an East Stirlingshire fan phoned in, and I thought he was going to get put on, and I've looked to see, for the first time in seven years, <laughs> an East Stirlingshire <laughs> question. Um, but John, John made it through, so we're level. Marvin would have got this. Wasn't would you not? What Queen's Park player is joint top scorer in the championship? Rory Payton. Who did he play for last season? Play for yeah, for Queen, Queen of the that. South. Tough question that. Did even them say. get it? None of them got it. Okay, which means right. it comes down to how many spells did Graham Murty have in oh, charge of Rangers first team? Two. John <coughs> said three. Oh. Simon said two. <laughs> oh. John. I'm afraid it is two. Ugly win. The king uh, of the ugly win. Classic Simon. Sorry, Dominic. John. Hard lines, John. It's a lot harder than it is when you're just driving in a imagine. I think you did all right, though, John. You did all right. Hard lines. Thank you very much. I can imagine that. How much harder it must be. I love the fact that I just sit here with no pressure. Because, see, every morning I have a look at those five key minute questions on Bowie at Breakfast, and I'm telling you, I am a solid nine on average. I get the odd ten. Different in the chair. I'm an average nine, but I think I'd get five on here. I think Bottle would crash. Five would be enough to beat Simon, though. Well, Listen, just uh, honestly, find out my percentage, will you? Well, like, you've gone up. But it's the standard of the team you're playing. Like you're scoring uh, a load of me. You can only beat the guys in front of you. You can only beat the team in front of you. it's not acceptable. Right, I mean, any, the fact that I had to think about Vim Janssen there was worrying. Any more if you got Played under both, eh? It'd be more worrying if you got <laughs> yeah, it wrong. <laughs> Any thoughts ahead of tonight's game, particularly Easter Road, for lots of you, I'm sure, but loads of other games I'd like to take a look at. St Mirren, Dundee should be a cracker, that one. Kelly Livy, El Plastico, St Johnston Hearts as well. So get your thoughts in. Looking back on last night as well, um, let's go to Easter Road and get go and re- recap the Celtic team, Andrew. I think it's worth hearing again, <coughs> but of course, as the home side, give us Hibs first. Yeah, you thought there would have to be changes for Hibs after that display at the weekend. There is four changes. Very interesting changes as well. Whitaker, Tavares, Maialida dropping out. As does Emiliano Marcondes, which is maybe a surprise. He's been the highlight really of Hibs' January business. In come Lewis Miller, back from the Asian Cup, and Martin Boyle, back from the Asian Cup as well. Mariah Welsh and Venta in the starting lineup too. Hibs have been pretty uh, solid with that 4-4-2 that they've played you know, throughout the whole season solid in terms of playing it consistently, not quite solid in terms of getting results, but it looks as if the change has been made of formation tonight, I think it will be, based on the players they've got, a 4-3-3, David Marshall in goal, Lewis Miller, Will Fish uh, Nectorius Triantis and Jordan Obita are the back four, it'll then be Dylan Levitt, Joe Newell and Nathaniel Mariah Welsh, the midfield three, Martin Boyle and Ellie Ewan out wide, Dylan Venter up top for them. The substitutes, Wallacott, Megwa, Stevenson, Amos, Mayenda, Mayalida, Tavares, Molotnikov and Lafondra. As for the away side, Navrotsky, Palma, Abada and Kyogo all out. Four changes. The whole front three has changed from the weekend income. Welsh, Kuhn, Maeda and Adam Ida as well. Joe Hart starting in goal. The back four, Alistair Johnson, Stephen Welsh, Liam Scales and Alejandro Bernabe. The midfield three, Callum McGregor, Matt O'Reilly and Paolo Bernardio in that new front three. Nicholas Kuhn and Dyson Maida either side of Adam Ida. The substitutes, Bain, Navrotsky, Ralston, Kelly, Holm, Abada, Vata, Palma and Kyogo. The referee for this one, Nick Walsh, the VAR, Andrew Dallas. You've had a bit of time to let that sink in, that team news, Simon Donnelly. What are, you, what are your thoughts on it? 
Interesting uh, I think one of the callers earlier on Had mentioned the, the positive impact That Kuhn and Ida had on the, the game on Sunday uh, And Maeda's been a big player So yeah, he's it, obviously thought I need to freshen this up They've got guys there that can come on uh, None more so than their, their main striker But it's an opportunity for these lads And they're in a squad there at Celtic I said on last week's show, Ida coming to play six months here, probably the most important six months he's experienced in his career so far. So let's see what the the young guy's got uh, starting tonight. It's a big game for Celtic. Well, Brendan Rodgers was full of praise for Adam Ida yesterday. Let's hear what else he had to say in the build-up to this game at Hibs. The expectation is one of the, the huge things here at Celtic, whether you're players or manager. Like there's, there's not too many teams around... Europe where you'll have four points out of six and it, it's crisis mode again, you know, so um, but I always think that w- w- when when it can feel like that there that's the, those are, that's the catalyst really where you can continually improve. I've been around long enough, I understand the, the nature of how it works here but my focus is really with the team and it's a long way to go, it's, you know, the finish line's not even in sight you know, you just got to go game by game keep working well keep your focus and then pressure really comes a lot later down the line but at this point you, you focus on your performance and uh, and that's that's our only focus and control on what you can there's no doubt we've dropped points this year and you know it's uh, something that um, we need to be better at in this next part but I, I, I don't worry about, about where we finish now it's about going into the next game Brendan Rodgers is right technically and that would have to be the message internally but, you know, the real pressure comes down the line. The reality for fans is just so different. If this does not go to plan for Celtic tonight, after the transfer window, after the result of Pataudry, the fact that Rangers have clawed it back, set your alarm for 6pm tomorrow night because there will be no cam, no cam whatsoever on these phone lines. Yeah, th- there won't be. Um, you know, and that's why fans are fans and Brendan Rodgers is, is manager of one of the biggest clubs around um, because he has that calmness whether they win or they lose. You know, he, he's always looking at ways to improve them. Um, there's no doubt about it. He'll be going into this game. And like he said there, you know, is it four points out of six and all of a sudden there's a crisis. He's correct that you don't get that. Even at Man- Manchester City, the money they've spent down in England, they don't get that. I don't think you even get that at Bayern Munich in, in the Bundesliga. Um, but he understands it. You know, that's why he's back here at Celtic. He obviously wants that pressure. He's going to thrive underneath it. Um, but listen, they'll be going into today's game to win it, Gordon. Like you said, if they do lose this game... Come six o'clock tomorrow, you'll be a very, very busy man. But there'll be no panic from him. He wants to be top of the league come end of the season. That's the most important thing. Right, here's what I want you to do. I want you to recreate a famous scene from footballing punditry, Marvin Bartley. You've never been called this before, right? But you are Thierry Henry, okay? Right. You, Simon Donnelly, are Jamie Carragher. And that's good for you. You're a big Arsenal fan, aren't you? I want you to reach over, grab Simon Donnelly's knee, and stare at the camera <laughs> It's not quite as dramatic As it was that day But Derek mean? Adams is gone Oh <laughs> I meant to grab you You're Carragher Yeah Incredible What camera am I looking He's at? He's gone Oh that one <laughs> Wow <laughs> This is where the live stream Could work But just you didn't You could have pipped That was awful oh, no. This is breaking news What did you That's want me to do about so it? Wow. It's just yeah. happened right in front I mean I was about to get to I seen, he, I seen his post-match Interview and it was much like the other ones that I've seen. Uh, it was 
it's almost as if he was waiting for yeah. me to, to pull the trigger on him. I mean, he's resigned. Like, oh, wow. Technically, yeah, I mean, so he's what? I know there's always a bit of mutual consent, mm. all that stuff, but the statement says Ross County can confirm this evening Derek Adams is to leave the club as first team manager after offering his resignation. <laughs> Ross County have accepted said mm, resignation, yeah. clearly. Um, Oh, I was going to say Derek Adams, we barely knew you, but we got to know you quite well. Yeah, um, the whole thing. Third spell it. at the club, came in, um, like a, you know, with a baseball bat out and, yeah, went to town and left again a few weeks later. Didn't he bring in a fair amount of players as well? well yeah, month. I covered the game at Celtic six, Park where... Six new signings <laughs> in the team that day. <laughs> there were so many changes and in fairness, it got a bit... Celtic stuttered on the day, but it mm. got a bit of tune out of them. They were... Digging in, working hard. I thought that was a wee turn because they'd been beaten the week before against Partick Thistle in the cup, and I expected, and especially when Celtic went one 0 up. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing's his post-match thing today was talking about circumstances which might come out later. But I think his quotes at the start certainly didn't help him with his his squad. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, my Morecambe team are a hundred times better mm. than this. Was the Boy, start was the start of it all. Yep. He got over that hurdle, and it was the whole. Um, yeah, maybe I should have taken a bit of a closer look mm-hmm. at, at the type of job I had in store here. And then last night, you know, I'll go away. I'll think about it. That's what he's done, and he's no longer the Ross County manager, a team that's just been beaten five nil. Not a good time for anyone connected with the club. Clearly, no, it's not. Um, you know, and obviously they have a chairman there who. He's funded the club a long, long way from where they started to where they are now. So, you know, he'll be disappointed. Uh, Roy will be disappointed, obviously, in what's happened. I, I, I'm, I'm surprised. As Simon said, you know, I saw the post-match yesterday. Um, it was actually sent to me and it was kind of of a man who, who, who didn't want to be there anymore, mm. you know, but I didn't expect I thought, he, I thought his post-matches a couple of games ago, something yeah. like that as well. Yeah, you know? but he, he almost sounded like he was just defeated. He didn't understand. Mm. He just came across as someone who didn't know how to change it, you know, didn't know which way to turn. And listen, he's taken it on himself to resign, as you said there, Gordon. And, you know, at least he hasn't sat around and, you know, basically waited for a pay-up. He's, he's decided to resign him. He said he'll put the club first and he's clearly done that. So now they'll be searching yeah. for another manager, which is 79 days in charge. And that includes a winter break, doesn't it? Yeah, we'll so do. And how many players, bro? Six? No, I, no it would, I think it was more, but it was six that... Six in January <coughs> signing started wow. against um, Celtic, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, does it say who's Don Carey? I imagine we'll... It's, it's, I'm just massively surprised. I mean, are, are you though? I mean, I, I get what you mean. I am. It, even even though the way it's been, the things he said. I just think that the timing for it, it just doesn't doesn't make sense to me. As as we've said, you know, from the start, it seems like he's he's kind of regretted taking the job on. And all the things straight he away. Said. Yeah, yeah. Always straight I'm away. Just surprised at the timing. Quite something. Derek Adams has left his position as manager of Ross County. That unfortunately meant we were kept Craig hanging on for quite a while. I'm going to speak to Craig as soon as we can, but we need to do this first. Clyde One, live, celebrating the first 50 years. Every night this week I've been telling you about it and the pundits get involved and they like it, but there is no Clyde One Super Scoreboard pundit who is a bigger music fan than Simon Donnelly. So this will be right up his street. I think he'll agree, you'll all agree, for the last 50 years, Clyde One have brought you some of the best and most memorable live gigs and we felt it was time to do it again. So as part of our 50th celebrations, we're taking over the Oval Hydro on Friday the 31st of May and we want you to be there. We've got some huge names joining us. The full lineup will be revealed very soon, but if you want to secure your place before they sell out, you can get the tickets at Clyde1.com. 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Listen and watch. Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Big night of Premiership action. Looking back on a big night as well with Simon Donnelly and Marvin Bartley. A bit of breaking news before the break was that Derek Adams is no longer the Ross County manager. He has resigned. We're about to bring in Craig, so let me very quickly read this question. The full-time teaser with Universal Interiors East Kilbride, where their made-to-measure wardrobes are always on the ball. Right, you don't even need to give me any answers because I want to do it quickly just now and we'll speak to Craig and give you thinking time because you too will need it, believe me. Uh, <laughs> the Crazy Pony, it's a beauty of a question. Can you name five players who've scored in the Champions League for a non-British club and they've also <laughs> they've also scored in the Scottish top flight, the English Premier League and the English Championship? Wow, it's like an extended who am I Five players who've scored in the Champions League For a non-British club And they've also scored in the Scottish top flight The English Premier League And the English Championship or First division type Wow Incredible I'll leave that with you We might need to leave it until next week Jesus. It's that tough Anyway, Craig I'm delighted about this Easily my favourite caller location of the evening Craig is on the east coast of Canada In Labrador How's it going Craig? Uh, good evening there, Gordon, Marvin and Simon. How are we? Craig, I'm just delighted you've given me the time of day from far away. The accent oh, was... I'm an avid listener. So where are you from? What's the story? Oh, I'm originally from Australia. Uh, parents were both born in Glasgow and moved to, 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 to Australia. And now I married a Canadian and moved to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Marvin, Marvin thought That's he was nice. exciting because he moved up from Reading. <laughs> That's nice. By the way, because I, did, I didn't want to insult him, but I thought, or like get it wrong, but I thought, well, that's an Australian accent, I think. Mm -hmm. But he's in Canada. That's yeah, magnificent. Sure. And how did you come to stumble across us and this strange radio show that we have going? Oh, look, I've, I've spent a lot of time back and forth from Australia to Scotland and so forth there. So I'm... Uh, uh, I'm I'm very aware of the Scottish football landscape, and uh, you know it was either it was either you guys or another radio station I could listen to at approximately the same time, so I preferred the Super Scoreboard. Yeah, good choice, I would have to say. Um, well, unbelievable. Well, brilliant, Craig. Don't <clears throat> let me pester you about your private life too too much longer. What's on your mind? You're a Rangers fan. Did you manage to see the game yeah, yeah. last night? Yes, yeah. Look, I, I was just I, I watch all the Rangers games. Don't I miss them? Uh, I don't miss them at all. I watch them religiously there, and I watch them via uh, Rangers TV and uh, enjoy the commentary there. So I'm always uh, always watching the games. But uh, I just want to give a, a quick uh, comment there. I guess you could say I've heard like yesterday and even tonight there. There's been some comments from a couple of the callers who are Celtic supporters there saying that uh, Rangers can't win the league if they don't beat Celtic. I mean. At the end of the day, it's maths, isn't it? It's just pure mathematics. Uh, if 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 you win more games than than the other teams, irrespective of who you win them against, then you win the league. So I mean, as at current, we've lost to Celtic twice. That's six points, and we're we're level on points. So it doesn't matter really if you if you lose to Celtic or if they lose to us. Um, it's about how you do overall in the entire season. I remember back, I think it was 1989 there when Sunis was in the building. And, he said, he said, look, I might get myself in trouble here. He said, but he says, I'll lose to Celtic four times a year if we win the league. And I'll be honest with you, I mean, I love watching the old firm games and, and I like nothing better than seeing Rangers beat Celtic. But if you said to me at the start of the season, Craig, you can either have one of the two things here. You can either have a, a, a league championship 
and lose to Celtic four times in a year, or you can beat Celtic four times in a year and finish second. What, what do you want? I'll take the league trophy every day of the week. I think, I mean, that is it. Pure math, says Craig. Yeah. yeah. If Rangers have clawed back the seven point or whatever it was deficit without beating Celtic, they can win the league without beating Celtic, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think maybe what it does do is that, because in football, there are bits that you can't measure. And then when we head towards the next meeting, um, if you're looking for a real sign that, that Rangers can do it, if you're looking for a real statement to underline that belief, it would be a win against your biggest rivals. You get the points, you deny them the chance, obviously. Um, I think I think that's what people look at. There's the arithmetic, but there's the symbolism, I think, as well, yeah. of, of obviously winning these fixtures. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, Craig makes some fantastic points. I think it was Andy, the caller. I think he came on a little bit angry, didn't he? He started nice to us and then, <laughs> and then went off on one. But like you said there, and Craig has said, you know, he just wants the league title. However that comes, that's the most important thing. But you're right, the barometer is kind of set up, you know, when Celtic play Rangers, you know, to see how far whoever's behind Rangers in, in this circumstance, you know, how far they have come. But, you know, for me, I would say going into that game, the next time they play each other, if Celtic beat Rangers, Rangers, I think, will still believe that they can win the league because they've clawed back the seven points we've spoken about so many times on this show. The flip side of that is if Rangers beat Celtic, then I think, hang on a minute, they've called about seven points on us and now they've actually beaten us this time. You know, we could mm-hmm. be in trouble here. I know it's a long way down the road and a lot can happen between now and then. What's impressed you most, Craig, about the recent run? I, I think the mentality from Clement. It just I feels, it feels like he's, he's managing, uh, he's, he's a solid manager. Um, it's like the have faith in him it's like the, the first time since say Walter Smith um, that you have to have faith that the decisions that he's making and the rhetoric that he's that he's that he's speaking that uh, you know there's a belief there and as you said he's got the fans back on board and you listen to some of the players that get interviewed there there seems to be a change in the mentality in the change room so I mean I just I just think uh, overall just the belief in, in, in what you're trying to do and you're all on the same page and um, you know, the January window is always an interesting window there, but I was quite happy with the fact that they brought in the three players that they brought in. Um, would have been nice to see, a, you know, a genuine striker come in the building um, just to, you know, fight for the position with uh, Dessers because the fact that Danilo is, uh, is injured and so forth there. So, but at the end of the day, I mean, if you're, if you're sitting on 58 points equal with the, the team from the, the other end of Glasgow, then, you know, you, you're doing okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy with where things sit at the minute. I think you can see why Craig and, and the other fans like what they see, Simon. We shouldn't be kidded. It's all about results. Yep. And if Philippe Clement <clears throat> had dropped a few more points, he wouldn't be getting the praise. Yeah. Um, but he is clearly quite, you know, he's, he's very clear in his messaging. It's always been the same. He's never really been moaned the fact that it's not his squad. Yep. He's been he's been quite kind of straight with, with everything and never really wavered from that. And it seems like the Rangers fans like it. And it's maybe a bit different to what they had before. Yeah, he's come in, as Craig says there, he's come in, uh, I think it was 18 games I said earlier on. He's created a momentum and a belief within the squad. Uh, he's added to it in the, the transfer window there. Tim will tell how effective they are. But he seems to be getting something out of this squad that the previous manager couldn't. And we only have to look back to last night. And Clement said himself, you know, a little setback. Mayofsky pops the goal in just before half time. It's a big game at Ibrox. Early in the season, Rangers might not have come back in that game. He's happy they did. And they go into the next one. And he is, he's creating a momentum. And I said earlier on, I mean, yes, Celtic have beat Rangers twice. And I think they are the better team. But, you know, there'll be Celtic fans out there frustrated that 
both teams are sitting level, even though mm-hmm. they have won those two games. I think these games can kill momentum uh, or, or work for the team that gets the result, but he's absolutely bang on, obviously. They're not reliant, these results, on who wins this league. Uh, there was a bit of breaking news that's now not breaking because I left it so long to, to say it, Craig, but Rangers have appealed that red card shown to Dujon Sterling. Uh, got word of that maybe half an hour or so ago whilst we were playing Beat the Pundit. Is that one you think they'll be successful in? Oh, I think so. I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, again, referees make decisions and, and they see it as they see it. But, uh, you know, I think everyone that saw that last night would think it's pretty harsh that uh, Dijon Sterling gets a red card for that incident. Um, you know, a straight red as well. So, uh, I mean, if you're a betting man, you'd, you'd say that, uh, that, the, that the appeal should be successful. And, you know, that's, that's good for, for Rangers. And can I just say one thing as well? Sure. And I thought I'd never say this in my entire life, but come on the high Bs. <laughs> oh, Marvin Bartley's on board with that. I have to say, he's not on board though because he, he doesn't think you'll be as successful with the no the appeal, Dujon uh, Sterling. No, I agree with all your so points. Rich, up to them. rich coming from I you, know. it has to be said. Yeah, I, I, I just, I just don't see it. Like you said, the speed of the tackle was a thing for me, and like I said, it's the rules now. Whether I agree with it, whether I've made worse tackles, I definitely have and, and got away with them. But in modern day football, I just think. When you go in at that pace, Craig, I think you're you're always in trouble. I'm going to be really boring. I feel like if that appeal is unsuccessful, I'll go. Yeah, not surprised at that because it was fast and it was intense. Mm-hmm. And if it is successful, I might also think mm, not that surprised at that because it was low. It just depends how much weight you put on. You know how many of the boxes need yeah. ticked. Yeah, you know, there was a school of thought going around for a while. It was got a big thing in English Premier League. I always remember one. It was like a quite a controversial. I think it was at a, a Liverpool. Uh, a Merseyside derby Remember Van Dyke Planting his studs on someone And the the rhetoric at the time was That's just about low enough So that it's not a red Sort of yeah. thing um, So is it about the height of it? Is it about the, the pace? Because um, if it, if it's If the panel want to consider pace They won't be successful in that appeal Because no. it's can still do yeah, Sorry if that's yeah. all they If that's all mm-hmm. they take into account It, it was forceful Yeah um, But what else do you look at? Do you look at the you know, was it endangering an opponent? All that sort of stuff. Thank you very much, Craig. That was a pleasure hearing from you all the way over there. Thanks for taking the time. Much appreciated. Cheers, all the best. Cheers, Good Craig. Man. Do you know what I like? So the producer obviously thinks I'm a bit daft, which you'd be right. Uh, give me some facts about Labrador. The, Just the place. Say, what a, yeah. Labrador. So it's home to only 26,000 people. Uh, and currently oh, wow. minus two, and it's going to be minus 19 at the weekend. Um, so th- this is all great It's home to the planet's largest herd of wandering polar bears <laughs> So I'm thinking this is good This is the type of information I need uh, But this is when he then insults my intelligence um, Dogs were named after there yeah, thank you. I-, I-, I had got that reference Thank you uh, for for pointing that one out um, And I can't believe how I've just been Led into this Um and I have to now share the story because minus 19, nothing to a man who's had the experience that I had this morning. Oh. <laughs> have you ever spent a Wednesday morning in the company of a topless Gordon DL? <laughs> it wasn't in Thankfully, the bath, was it? No. That would be my question for you. Minus 19, nothing. Minus 86, apparently. In a way that only Gordon DL can. He got me roped in to going into <laughs> one of these cryotherapy chambers she's been together with him we were even do you know what's in hindsight really weird we were given the option to go separate but we said we'd go together I don't know why moral support Uh, more on this tomorrow when he joins us so standing in minus 86 looking at him topless 
with his chest hairs freezing <laughs> up. Um, and you're you're encouraged to expose as much of your skin as you can. Oh, no. you and I was within touching months. distance of him. We had, he had the headband on, the face mask, gloves, gloves yeah. socks. So you, have you been in one before? Yeah, I have. And never like again. No, I, you no, strike I hate me the cold. as the type of guy who <laughs> no, would hate yeah. the cold. No interest at all. But it helps with your recovery, apparently. Can you talk when you're in there? Is it like. Oh, yeah, we, we, we get asked for our choice of song as well, right? Like theme tune. That's like um, a wee song, eh? So it was, uh, it was quite the quite the way to spend your Wednesday morning. <laughs> minus 86, apparently, yeah. somewhere around minus... Feel better for 80s. it? I actually did feel pretty good. Yeah. Where was this season? In Hamilton, Hamilton, I did it, yeah. So, weird. And are you feeling the benefit? I, I felt pretty good after it, yeah. yeah. Whether that's up here or not. Doesn't no. matter, whatever it is, it worked. <laughs> it worked, it worked <laughs> for me. Uh, and anyway, yeah, the, the, what it didn't do is anything for my eyesight and my brain, because I now have the image of a topless, chittering, freezing... Uh, Gordon DL. Anyway, right, how are you getting on with this teaser? What a question, eh? Can you name Absolutely five terrible. players who've scored in the Champions League for a non-British club and they've scored in the Scottish top flight, the English Premier League and the English Championship um, or like old first division? Get any? No. Aaron Ramsey? Yes, well done, Marvin okay, Bartley. Nice. Aaron Ramsey. Okay, well any more? I reckon he could... Is- is there another Rangers with Joe Barton? No. I thought he'd have scored for Marseille. <laughs> did he even score in the top flight up here? I don't know. Didn't do a lot, did I he? remember him getting nutmegged by Ali Crawford, upended by Greg Taylor. Yeah. And by all accounts, he's now gone off to live a really quiet life. And <laughs> ve- ve- very rarely raises his head up to be heard now. So he, he might... Uh, no, not championship. No, he <laughs> scored. No, we can't <laughs> tell you. No, we need names here, because we need to try he, and help you along. He wrote down... I'm sticking them under the bus. Hurry he up. wrote down Larson. No. He didn't score in the championship. Not the championship. <clears throat> score in the championship as well. There's a couple that you should get, Simon. Totally. Oh, shock. There's oh. always a couple that he should get and he you doesn't get, get them. I need to come on a different day with someone that's going to actually help. I mean, seriously. Van Hoydonk? Yes. Pierre oh, Van Hoydonk. <laughs> former teammate. He's a former teammate. I know that came from nowhere. Give me that little bit. So there's another former teammate there. Potentially. Uh, right, okay, let's go to David, who's a Motherwell fan, finally. We've been waiting all night for one of these, David. It's been a difficult season, but you've not only put five past Ross County, seen off Derek Adams, boosted your position in the league. Um, it was all there. What did you make of it? Uh, it, was, um, it, was there, it was there for the last couple of weeks, the performance. It was just uh, taking the chances. Um, Spittle and Bear have actually... Formed a good relationship now, so some of the play last night, always getting on the ball. He, did, he didn't even need to look up, you know, where Bear was going to be, so he was just putting in the channels and the big man's on fire. Then that's a U, he's a U R nine now. <laughs> Steady. Uh, he does have one, two, three, four, six in his last six, I think it is now, isn't it? Something like that. Um, across all competitions, and in fact, you take that bit out because the only game he didn't score was the cup game against Alloa. I just show a bit of patience, a bit of faith, a bit of, you know, not being desperate to write people off, David, when he was signed. The goal return wasn't there, clearly. Yeah, I, I, obviously, everyone, when we signed him, every, every Mullow fan probably looked at his record and went, why are we signed a guy like this? We would just let a guy go, let's go 29 goals. So, but I think in the past, Mullow have kind of brought players in and they kind of put their arm round about them and the fans have kind of took, to, took them as well it's took obviously a bit of time but uh, there's not, obviously the big man's 
that's what's happened. He's, he's struck a good relationship with the fans and the managers, put a bit of faith in them, and they're now getting the, the words out of them. How good is Blair Spittle, and how worried did he become that you're going to have to watch him go maybe play for someone else in the league next season because he's contracted up? Uh, he's throwing I, everything I, at him to try and stay. I, I, I would, I would just chuck the kitchen sink of him at him just to try and keep him because he's he's as good as get, like getting ten goals a season because all his assists as well adding to the team and he's in all in play. He's quite versatile as well. He can play on the left or right through the middle. Like I would just try and keep keep him as much as uh, game as we can get and just keep him. I have to say he's been absolutely brilliant. You look at the quality of the goals last night. Like I said, the quality of the assist. He could have had three assists last night. Yeah. Doing it consistently. You look at the free kick against Alawal. All sorts of goals in there. Do you have him at we Dundee United? Yeah, we signed him at Dundee United. Nice footballer, clever player, uh, good with both feet. And he's been round the houses a wee bit. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it takes you know the right club. And he seems to be hitting it off there And now we're seeing the best of him But a, a very good player Is it true that you signed him as a right back And he's the one that saw off Mark Wilson <laughs> that's, that, I th- he, did, he did play That's not true But he did play right back for well, his own Mark PC. Wilson thinks it's true So you, you might not Hang on, you got rid of Mark Wilson? Jackie McNamara got rid of Have you never heard the story? That was the number two They got... They got to the, they got to the Scottish Cup final. And Mark played. No, the, Mark, that was not Mark played in the semi and played the week before. Oh, but Spitz, but no, was Spitz wasn't involved there. No, but Mark. I'm saying Mark played the semi and played the week before, but got left out the final. Listen, Simon Donnelly's well, fault. Let it go. <laughs> He's texting I've me been, right now. I've been dropped for a final myself. Me too. When did you make a decision to drop Mark? Though was it? I don't make the decisions. <laughs> oh, wow, we need Jackie on the Remember line. you was, played uh, wing back in a final? <laughs> That's what made me retire. 2013. Um, they get beat off St John's. David, are we, are we not addressing the, the main factor here? Is it not? Is it the Andy Halliday factor? Is he is he come in and made that much of a, an impact? Well, that was my next point. Like <laughs> Guys like, obviously, Halliday has come in, the experience knows the league, and it's obviously going to help guys like Len and Miller, but... I think the one that actually goes by most games and doesn't really get the recognition for, it, for his efforts is Wee Davo, the Macedonian midfielder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's um, been great, hasn't he? He's in there, he's like a Jack Russell, he's everywhere. Um, even with like, the big McGabby's getting filled, he's the first guy there to fight his corner. Like, and just, <laughs> just he's everywhere. So I think now that we've gotten a tune out of him as well, I think the, the team can drive forward. Uh, more with him sitting there by Halliday, and obviously he can use the experience with the young boys as well when they him. Yeah, so much so Lennon Miller hasn't got back into the starting 11 yet I'm sure that day will come League table looking a bit better If you're a Motherwell fan now 25 points level with Aberdeen One ahead of St Johnson Who do have a game in hand um, But perhaps more crucially Six ahead of Ross County now Who have a game in hand But are looking for a new manager Thanks to David We will build up to kick off at Easter Road And get the other games underway next Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hear it Watch it Search the YouTube stream now. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Simon Donnelly and Marvin Bartley are here. I just spent the break showing them pictures of topless Gordon DL in the in the cryo chamber he's been pestering me all day on the phone don't put that picture anywhere don't put that picture anywhere so it's going to be very nice to me tomorrow on tomorrow night's show Uh, right we're building up to kick off at Easter Road because that's an 8 o'clock however we're just getting underway in the other matches St Johnson Hearts Kelly Livy 
uh, and St Mirren Dundee just to randomly pick St Mirren Dundee looks maybe the pick of the bunch everyone else might disagree but there's a lot to like about that isn't there yeah there is a lot to like about that game um, listen two managers who've been doing extremely well um, Doc's obviously gone to Dundee uh, during the summer and he, he's done a fantastic job so far and two teams that you know really looking at a top six place I think it's probably going to be be out of those two for kind of that sixth place so yeah listen a, a massive game for both listen it's still a long way to go till the split but one they'll both be confident going into win so I imagine it being a really open game scored a few goals as well haven't they yeah there could be some goals in that game today oh actually um, one already no it's delayed until 8.15 crowd um, trouble I think maybe Dundee are stuck in the way down. That mm. could be an option, couldn't it? Let me have a wee a look for more information. It's never ideal that in the no, old midweek not. fixture, is it? 8.15, so a 30-minute delay. Uh, we're still a bit short on details there at the moment. No, a traffic incident on route to the stadium. So not a lot you can do. <clears throat> Sympathy with the fans who've gone. Um, it'll be pretty chilly. Not as cold as that cryo chamber, <laughs> by the way, but cold nevertheless. So the ones that will kick off, hopefully, in time. Your old team, El Plastico, Kelly Levy. Fancy you Mark. know the fighting spirit in that building, Marvin. <laughs> Fancy Can Mark. it be done? <laughs> Big time. Yeah. Fearing <clears throat> for your old team. Yeah, listen, I think it's, it's out of finishing last or 11th place <clears throat> for Livingston. Um, you know, I think 10th place is, is too far out of reach. But like you said, today's, today's a big game. They just need to get that win from somewhere, you know, to try and get the confidence back, to get themselves going again. It's not. It's not a great place. It's not somewhere you want to be going. You know, no. away to Kilmarnock. Um, but hopefully, they can get at least a point from it. But yeah, listen, they need to turn it very, very quickly. Six points, I think, the difference now. Of Ross County with one game in hand, with a new manager coming in there as well. So you know, you always talk about that new manager bounce. Hopefully, Ross County don't get it. And it is often the Lawrence Shanklin show at Hearts at St Johnson tonight as well. If you get any more on this teaser, it's five players they've scored in the Champions League for a non-British club. They've scored in the Scottish top flight. English Premier League and the English Championship so Aaron Ramsey he's done it all Pierre Van Hooydonk anymore no to no. state the obvious right, we, we, we kind of alluded to there's another former teammate of yeah. yours Simon yes which of your teammates <clears throat> went abroad and played for a foreign club and did good things in England as well is Gary O'Connor on there no. not, not like your next teammate John Collins yes John Collins Two to get Who do you play with in the Who do you film? One you might get One you have No chance Absolutely no chance <laughs> One you might get though Because Think of If the Chances are Apart from One of them If you've played up here And you've scored in the Champions League For a non-British club You're going to be a player of a, a certain profile mm-hmm. With a certain type of career You know kind of big name Maybe big money That sort of thing so one falls into that category. The other, just forget it. You'll never. You'll, you two are, you're just too daft, quite frankly. Yeah. Now, let's go back to Easter Road and get a final build-up with Andrew McLean. Yeah, two teams that could really do with a performance tonight. Hibs on that six-game winless run in the league under Nick Montgomery. The worst display of the lot here against St Mirren on Saturday. It's left fans a bit restless, and I think a few of them have made that known just with their lack of appearance tonight. The stand's not looking too busy in the home ends, but there is still a bit of time until kick-off. And, of course, Celtic, because of their weekend result and because of the pressure now being applied by Rangers, who have got rid of that gap 
at the top of the table. Celtic still top, of course, by one goal, but they want to make sure they get three points before Rangers have their game in hand a week tonight. Not a happy hunting ground this, though, for Brendan Rodgers. Four visits across his two spells, but no victories. I'll give you a recap of the starting lineups. David Marshall in goal for Hibs. The back four, Lewis Miller, Will Fish, Nectarios Triantis and Jordan Obita. Looks as if they may change to a 4-3-3 tonight, so that midfield three will be Dylan Levitt, Joe Newell and Nathan Mariah Welsh. It will be Ailey Yuan and Martin Boyle either side of Dylan Venta. A few changes for Celtic. Navrotsky, Palma, Abada and Kyogo all dropping out. Welsh, Kuhn, Maida and Ida all coming in. So Joe Hart in goal. Alistair Johnson, Stephen Welsh, Liam Scales and Alejandro Bernabe. The back four. The midfield three. Callum McGregor, Matt O'Reilly and Paolo Bernardo. Nicholas Kuhn and Dyson Maida either side of Adam Ida. The referee for this one at Easter Road is Nick Walsh. The VAR is Andrew Dallas. Really fascinating fixture anyway for the obvious reasons. Then that team lineup. It's going to be a real Good one to look back on one way or the other. Will Celtic do the business tonight, Simon? Uh, no surprise for me. I, I expect Celtic to win, yes, I do. I don't think it will be easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Has your optimism impacted in any way by the team? I'm, I'm just interested to see how this new striker does. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we know what we're getting with Maeda, Kuhn and uh, Aida. I'm just interested to see how they perform. Marvin, can you make a case for your former team or will Celtic bring the three points back? <laughs> No, this <laughs> I can make a case because it's nil nil at the moment. It's eleven v eleven when the game starts. Um, listen, I, I don't hold much confidence going into this one. It's, it's always a difficult game, um, you know. Let alone when Celtic kind of the pressure's being put on them, mm-hmm. and there's always a response from them when there's all this outside noise. So I don't, I don't see Hibs getting anything out of the game. Unfortunately, can't see news of any goals yet in the games that have kicked off. St Mirren, Dundee delayed until late fifteen, and Celtic's trip to Hibs about to kick off in five minutes time how are you doing in this teaser then we need five players they've scored in the Champions League for a non-British club scored in the Scottish top flight English Premier League and English Championship Aaron Ramsey Pierre Van Hooydonk and John Collins Tory Andrew yes well done and the last one the impossible one was a Celtic striker in the Ronnie Dyla era but a man of many clubs Many countries, like many, many countries, Striker. quite a Wasn't he... varied private life as well. Oh. One of those kind of double barreled names, if that if that helps. Surname. No. You're useless. You're not doing much yourself. No, but it's, not, it's Celtic, not. so Simon should know. I believe. Double barrel. I think he was a. Turkish international or he qualified for Turkey I think he possibly did play for them oh no I can picture him <laughs> we've got to go Colin Kazim Richards, Richards. He's, po- he's popped up before huge night of football we look back on it all from 6 o'clock <laughs> tomorrow night with Gordon and Mark <laughs>